Hey there, restaurant pros. It's David Scott Peters, and welcome to episode 73 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003, and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom of your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Now, I want to tell you about our guest today, Eric Schellenberger, author and owner of Bar Marketing Basics, a marketing firm that focuses on bringing new customers into your restaurant or bar. Eric understands the hospitality industry. He's come up from the restaurant trenches since a childhood until ultimately he was the marketing director of the hottest nightclub groups in Old Town Scottsdale in Scottsdale, Arizona. Today, Eric's company does not use the same old worn out social media methods, which well, have been losing effectiveness over the past decade. He's on a quest to help restaurant and bar owners to stop buying into the myths that other restaurant marketing companies are selling and start bringing real traffic through your doors. Listen in our conversation as Eric shares with you the importance of having a strong Google presence to the ins and outs of responding to online reviews. I wanna welcome Eric Schellenberger to the show today, but first, a word from our sponsor. We all know managing costs is one of the most important parts of running a profitable restaurant, especially now. But between fluctuating vendor prices, waste, labor, and the never-ending list of tasks that demand your attention on a daily basis, it can be challenging for even the most experienced of us to manage costs well. That's where Margin Edge comes in. Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that automatically uses data from your POS and invoices to show you food and labor costs in real time. Don't wait until it's too late. Margin Edge gives you tools to make decisions in the moment, like a daily P&L, price alerts on key ingredients, and real-time plate costs, all without ever having to touch a spreadsheet. Take control of your costs, work more efficiently, and be more profitable. Go to www.marginedge.com forward slash DSP to learn more and schedule your demo today. Eric, I'm so excited that you're going to join me today. I really appreciate you being here with me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So people know a little bit of backstory. Uh, one of my longtime members from my old company to now working with me as a Mastery Plus member, uh, Raul Gonzalez and I have known each other for a long time. I think uh, close to a decade now. And when Raul recommends somebody, I listen because he's somebody who's very engaged in his business, really wants to learn, make things better. And you came up to a point where what incredible job you were doing for him when it came to making sure his information was right on the internet, to responding to all the reviews, to make sure he could drive business in his, into his restaurant the right way. And just a lot of things that brought him more sales, brought him more comfort, a lot of more time. And so he talked me into you coming in, speaking to my Mastery Plus group, where I've got, you know, 20 something restaurant owners sitting around a table on uh, every, every uh, three times a year. And you came spoke and, and from that, you got a handful of my members to, to work with you. And I've heard nothing but great things. So do me a favor, tell everybody a little bit about your background, how you, it's a pretty interesting story because you're somebody who came from the, the grassroots and found your way to as an entrepreneur. Talk about that journey. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Park City, Utah. And I was a snowboard bum. So then if you, if you want to spend your day snowboarding, you have to work nights. So I grew up in the restaurant industry basically my whole life. 
and went from uh, from literally a dishwasher uh, through all of the the prep cook cook you know all then into bartending and and uh, management and all that stuff that ended up being a uh, marketing director for a lot of the uh, nightclubs in Old Town Scottsdale, which as you know is a extremely competitive environment. And it's uh, it's it's one about a hundred yards of road that has thirteen clubs back to back, and I was the I worked for one of the companies there, and uh, when I left there, I worked for one of the competitors. So I worked for two out of the three company who's companies who own all of the clubs on that one street. So um, I quickly, you know, that there's a, there's a formula that everybody uses and that we'll get into that uh, I quickly figured out it wasn't quite working. Uh, wasn't measurable. And so I kind of evolved from there. I started my own company about five or six years ago. I was focused on the things that do work, the things that are measurable. And I've been doing that ever since. And it's been the best decision I think I've ever made. Well, I know you're making an impact on my members. And that's why I invited you to come here and talk with the masses here on my podcast. Do we feel, let's start off. We've had conversations past and we've had drinks together. We've seen each other. Shit, we were both speaking at the uh, bar and restaurant expo just a couple months ago. And with that said, in all our conversations, you've talked a little bit about the myths, the restaurant marketing myths. What are those? Share with our listeners what that really means, because I think a lot of restaurant owners and their, and their general managers make a lot of mistakes when it comes to marketing or they don't know where to go. Can you talk a little bit about, shed some light on the, what those myths are? I think most restaurants' approaches to marketing marketing are based on myths. They're based on they don't know what to do, and instead of uh, all they do is look and see what everybody else is doing. And everybody else is doing, you know, they're they're posting on social media and all the things that they can visually see, they just copy that and they figure, well, let me look at my competitor down the road who I'm looking up to. I want to be them. What are they doing? And that seems to be a very common thread. But it's a very flawed thread because your competitor down the road is looking at their next competitor up the ladder and looking to see what they did. And so most of their approach is social media based. It's something visual, but almost I would say 90 something percent of the time it's ineffective. But social media is not measurable. So you really there's a couple things you can measure. You know, there's exceptions, but most of the things I see restaurants posting are just Here's a picture of our burger. Here's a picture of our atmosphere, kind of. Here's another dish. Here's a cocktail. And it's it's so kind of vanilla that it's gotten to be where not only people aren't paying attention to it, and it doesn't really resonate with your average customer, but Instagram and Facebook, really the only two social media platforms that are relevant for our needs. TikTok a little bit if you have a really young crowd, but for bars, the average 21 and up person Okay, early 20s are going to probably pay attention to TikTok, but for our conversation, let's keep it Instagram and Facebook. So, so, so what, just let's say real quick here, you know, there's the principle of modeling somebody who's been successful. And if, if somebody's done something well, like you said, look at your competitor. Hey, they've got great sales. They've got lines of people want to come in there. I want to do what they do. But that doesn't mean what they're doing is successful. Maybe something else that is effective. And so while the principle is right to copy them, it's not always the right thing because you don't know if they even know their analytics or they're just, they've got so much money, they're wasting it and throwing mud against the wall like everybody else. Am, am I reading that correctly? 100%. And not only that, I know that because I used to be, when I was in the clubs, I was the guy that everybody else tried to be. But we were throwing a ton of marketing dollars away 
And what we did, we just put so much content out there. We had whole teams of people in charge of putting videos together, in charge of putting these, these, uh, these promo flyers for DJs coming up. And it looked cool, but it didn't really drive traffic. And when I was finally able to measure it enough, I got kind of creative and I started pulling the public. I started asking people how they found us. And I started actually asking, which no one else does. They just, it's one-sided conversation. Once I got the data back, it was like, yeah, we're, we're absolutely throwing money away. And this whole thing is a, is a waste, but uh, yeah. So the, uh, the, the, the approach that, that the marketing, uh, I guess, uh, attempts that you can see is all most people have. So all they can see visually, social media, that's it. If somebody is, is driving traffic through Google or driving traffic through review sites, the competitor to them really can't see that. That's something that's done behind the scenes. And all of a sudden they're at the top of a Google search for restaurants near me or whatever the word is. They don't, the, you know, everybody else looking at that can't see that. They can't see the work or the money or the effort put into that. So it, it defaults back to social. And I see this a million times and I see people wasting so much money. And this is, this goes also back to people that prospective clients I've sat down with. And I, I asked them the first thing, what's your approach right now? Give me your marketing kind of outline. Well, I have this this uh, this person who I pay fifteen hundred dollars a month, and they post on Facebook and Instagram every three times a week, and they post pictures of food. How successful is it? One hundred percent of the time, the answer is I don't know, because they there's there is no way to you don't, and so um, that the, they just accept the fact that I'm just going to have to pay this person fifteen hundred dollars a month, which is going right which I think is insane. And they keep doing this month after month and they keep getting discouraged because they're like, I don't, but they're so scared to stop it because they're thinking, what if this is driving traffic and I stop it? Now, all of a sudden the spigot of customers is closing. But I've, I've more times than not, I've seen, I've, I had a really quick story. I had a, a client in the past who uh, they lost access to their Facebook page. They're in Old Town Scottsdale, very, very competitive part of town. Uh, an other owner, I think an, an older owner passed away. He took the Facebook uh, password with him. Yeah. So almost coincidentally, an entire calendar year, they didn't have access to their Facebook. And so we, I took that data. And then for the, for the, the next calendar year, they had uh, people doing their social media forum posting and paying people and doing all this stuff. So I was able to go back and I had coincidentally, I had an entire year of data versus the next year of data exactly the same situation, exactly the same markets. This was before COVID and it was all uh, an equal playing field and their, not, their sales numbers on the second year went up. So I'm sorry, on the first year were up. So when okay. they, the, the year they were not doing social media at all, they did better numbers. Not to say it was failing them, but to saying it wasn't helping them at all. So what, what, what do I do then? I mean, if I'm an operator, we all know we've got to be on social media. One of the things that I've learned, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is number one is be consistent. Pick a platform, be consistent. Don't go out and spray everything. Like you don't need to go jump on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and, you know, Discord and Twitch and anywhere you, you have anybody because then you're not consistent. The most important thing is being there present, being consistent with your message and so on. If that is right or wrong, please tell me. And with that said, what should I be doing? 
Like if I know that I'm just putting up a picture of a burger, that's not driving customers. That's not creating interaction. That's not creating a bond with my guests. What should I be doing? Yep. So social media should be a very, very small, by all means do it. I'm not saying to not post and just not have a presence. Yes, have a presence. But I recommend doing it uh, either yourself or having a server do it for free. Don't spend money on it unless you're going to go. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. So um, that should be a very, very small piece of the pie. The, the thing you should be asking yourself is your social media is there to cultivate someone who's heard of you before into more visits, right? You can't follow someone on, on Facebook if you've never heard of them before. So the, the, the big stumbling block that not a lot of people think of is that guy's already for sure heard of us. He follows us on Facebook. He's probably been in the door or he's about to make a visit. You got to cultivate that guy. What about the other 99% of the public out there who's never heard of you? especially in a tourist environment, if you're somewhere where you're almost all tourists and you don't really have regulars, say you're on Bourbon Street, you know, you're somewhere with, you're in the middle of, of Hollywood Boulevard. You're somewhere that's almost always tourist. You don't really have repeat customers. Yet these, these same people will rely on their Facebook page to put out to an audience who has no idea they exist. It's ridiculous, but they don't think to put two and two together. So, my approach has been how do i find a new customer how do i find how do i reach out to that new customer put my business as an option in front of that guy and it's it's pretty obvious but a lot of people don't understand how to work this system is three things google yelp TripAdvisor. okay so if you're google obviously i mean it's it's the it's the number one uh tool that drives traffic other than word of mouth but again if you're in in uh say you're in bourbon street Word of mouth is great. You're going to ask your hotel concierge or your Uber driver or whoever for a suggestion. Short of that, you're relying on Google. I mean, or or Yelp. You, you know, you type in the restaurants near me, and there's your there's your leads. And do you want your restaurant to be on page 20, or do you want to be toward the top of page one in those results? And that's that's the the the. I think it's the obvious answer, but it's the thing that every restaurant owner looks at and thinks, I don't even know where to start to get there. I don't know how to affect my ranking. I don't know anything about that. It's super nerdy. So I'm just going to ignore it. And that's, that's what most people end up doing. But, uh, that, that's, that's the, here's another thing I hear a lot is they'll say, uh, and I, and you know, this, I, I really urge all restaurant owners, ask everyone that walks in the door, Hey, have you been here before? If they say yes, great. Thank you for the return visit. No. Great. How'd you hear about us? If you start asking that, how did you hear about us question, there's your answer to what marketing avenues are working and what aren't. It's really, really simple and it's free. So if you have your hostesses asking that, they don't have to write it down, get a mental tally of what these people are saying. Next pre-shift, ask them, okay, hey, what, what are our answers? What have people been saying? And if, if a lot of it, if I've seen this to where their answer a lot is Instagram, they'll say, oh, I, I, I saw you on Instagram. Okay, great. So they mark that down as Instagram. Oh, well, we're getting a ton of leads from social media. But if you ask them further what they'll say, and this happens the majority of the time, they'll say, well, I Googled restaurants near me. When I found you in the top of the Google results, then I researched you on Instagram. So without the catalyst of Google being there, the rest of that and the visit never would have happened. But that's that's a lot of people are, are so... Uh, they they want social media to succeed so bad that they're like, okay, cool, chalk it up as as an Instagram win. But 
that's it, it wouldn't have been possible without the the google catalyst in there so is, let me jump on that real quick and it's kind of a, a two-parter one question doesn't actually associate directly with it it's something you said earlier and then really does the second question hones in on that and those questions are what i often see is you say okay let's not necessarily pay somebody $1,500 every single month just to post a picture when you can do it yourself and so on. And we may have a server, a bartender, a manager, or somebody type who's who's got a pretty good touch and can get some of that stuff done for us. But what happens is I often find that like you talked about the owner who died is losing control of their complete page. Oh, Jesse is now pissed off, left, and she's the one who's got the login to the damn thing and won't give it to us and so on and so forth. And the second piece is just because I have a Jesse doing that, even if Jesse stays with me, is often how important that result of, if I'm looking for a restaurant today, how important it is that that information is accurate. And, you know, I, I've talked to restaurant owners who go, they're at a loss because Google says they're at a completely different address. And TripAdvisor shows where they are, but the suite number's wrong. And somewhere else, like all of a sudden they got people looking for them, they can't find them. So when it comes to that info, one, securing your information on being able to run your page, and two, making sure people can find you, can you touch on those two? Yeah. Yeah, the, the first part is so important that if, if you have, if you give one of your employees the power to control your online presence, you're putting yourself at a major disadvantage. I see that so many times to where I'll approach a, a restaurant and I'll ask them about this and they'll, they'll say exactly what you just said. That person left on bad terms, we can't pry the information back from them. They're holding us hostage. So obviously setting it up correctly is going to get rid of that stuff. And if it's set up wrong right now, I urge you to redo it. Give them, if they have to do an email, login to something, make it a company email, make it a, an email that you have admin rights over. So if they go away, great, no big deal. Take the admin rights away from them and you control it. And if, if they're an admin on your Facebook, on your Instagram, cool, make yourself uh, either one of them calls it a super admin, I think. Make yourself the main guy with the main power. The owner should be the guy with the power, not a GM, not an employee, not a server. All those guys should have a role. If they want an editor role, great. If they want a moderator role or a, a, a what they call it, a manager role, then cool. As long as they don't have the power to completely hold you hostage, which if, if I did it wrong, can I switch that, the ownership of that page, or do I have to start all over while I still no. have somebody on good terms with me? Yeah, you can switch it over. So okay. by all means, and, and it, it shouldn't come off, come off as being confrontational with that employee. Just, hey, I was told I need to do it this way, so I need to knock you down to an admin. I mean, sorry, a moderator or whatever the role is. Right. I need to put myself up there as an admin, which is really easy to do. But yeah, that goes with everything. That goes with your email, your website, especially. Because the website is, I'm, I'm a web, I was a website developer for almost 20 years. And I, I can tell you right now, 99% of the website developers out there are the most unreliable group of people in the universe. Once your website's done, once they get paid, you'll never hear from them again. And if you need to get in there to do something or to, to make edits or whatever, or if there's an error, forget it. You're never gonna hear from that guy. Even if you try to pay them, they're gone. They're just, uh, they, their brain works a different way and they do not respond to anything. So uh, yeah, all that stuff. There's a, a, one of my books we'll get into has a checklist of that kind of thing that when you start a business or if you want to audit your own business and go back and use these steps, I spell the whole thing out. 
All right, so let's so, let, uh, let's jump start now or back forward to back forward as if I know what I'm talking about. That information part, you know, wanting to find me and making sure that, uh, by goodness, I've got the right address somewhere because all too often you could change what sparked that in my brain again is you could have access to your website. You could be using a bento box or something and literally change it right away. But that doesn't mean everywhere else is going to have that information. Their change of hours, your change of address, your change of phone number, anything that's important. What do I do? And because it can, it can kill my results, can it? A hundred percent can. So here's, here's, yeah, what, what's, there's two very important things about having that correct is yes, obviously if you're showing the wrong address on, uh, what I see a lot is Uber, Uber software and Uber drivers use whatever software they want to use. But if they're using Uber software, which I think is powered by Waze, I want to say, okay. and if you're wrong there, the Uber driver is going to constantly drop them off at the wrong location. Then if they're in a parking lot, and God forbid you have five or six competitors surrounding them in that parking lot and they don't know where you are, you're probably gonna lose them. So obviously that's the big thing. The second thing is when your information is inconsistent, that's when Google takes notice and you will your ranking in Google will plummet because of that. One of the biggest things Google wants to see is consistency and thoroughness in your information. So it, if your address is wrong, obviously a red flag up, that's the worst one. What's also gonna kill your ranking in Google is things like having your name inconsistent. I had a, an old client who was a barbecue place. They had the word barbecue spelled three different ways on their Facebook page, on their website, in their signage inside the restaurant. It was all over the place. And the, the, the barbecue versus Q-U-E versus B-B-Q, there's a ton of different ways to, to spell it. And it, ironically, Google, love, there's so much more search traffic in the word BBQ than any other way to spell it. So there's, there's ways to do it right and ways to do it wrong. The average person that wants to Google a barbecue restaurant is gonna type in BBQ restaurant. So if you spell it that way, you have a huge amount of people and a really wide net to cast to grab those people. If you're spelling it B-A-R-B-I-C-U-E, blah, blah, then your, your audience of people is way, way smaller and your average operator doesn't really think along those terms because they're, they're not not brought up like that. I mean, it's just something you don't think of. Well, and, you know, I think about Facebook, I think about Google results, I think about, uh, you know, Yelp and things like that. But you're, so how many other places is there information? I didn't think about Uber, I didn't think about, you know, Lyft, I didn't think about those kinds of services, how important that is. Like how many different spots, is a restaurant's information and potential flaws that it's not accurate? So hundreds, thousands. My, my software that I use when I optimize a client's online presence and I optimize their Google presence, my software will connect them on 75 different directories. Wow. So a directory is anything from Google, Yelp, Facebook is a directory. Anything with a list of other websites is a directory. So they include uh, there's a bunch of oddball, weird ones that yp.com, which is old yellowpages.com. There's a bunch of weird directories that you don't really think of and they don't necessarily drive traffic, but Google cares if you're correct and thorough on those. There's also the GPS systems in the newer cars. They're all connected through stuff like that. Uh, voice command stuff, Siri, Alexa, Google Assistant, all that is powered by all these different directories. So if you're wrong once, you could potentially be wrong hundreds of times across the internet. And that's, that's causing, that's a lot of times when people are frustrated because they're on page five of the Google results for whatever their term is, that is, could be a major reason 
why and it's not visible it's not a visual thing so they just get frustrated and say well screw it i don't know how to do it and that'll be that well i, I don't think most people forget about not knowing how to do it don't even know to look i mean i certainly wouldn't know to look and i remember learning that from you when you came to speak to the group and the beautiful part is we'll get to the end is this is something you can help somebody with because there's no way in hell as a restaurant operator i'm going to be sitting there going well now i need to learn how to update 75 different directories and spend the time to do so and if i do it wrong or something updates i won't know and and that's where you come in we'll talk about that in just a little bit but i think that's extremely important people understand that that it's not just you put up the website it's not just you put information out there if somebody took wrong information it's being dittoed throughout the internet and it's what's screwing you up it's why you're not getting the traffic you're you should be when somebody's looking for you right now and that's when they want to spend money yep all right so along this line about having the right information being found you know i i've got my cell phone in my hand and i'm talking to you over my computer i've noticed and you can tell me i'm completely full of shit, but if i search for a restaurant on my computer versus on my cell phone I get different results. Am I am I smoking dope, or is is that a real thing? That's one hundred percent a real thing. So I had the the weird situation of being in um, a client's boardroom when they they said, "Okay, uh, you've been doing this this search engine optimization, this SEO work for us for a couple months now, and uh, we're we're not on page one." Blah 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 blah. So okay, well, let's sit down and look at it. So in this coincidental situation, we happen to be in a boardroom with. There was four different people there. One had an iPhone, one had a Droid, a Samsung, one had an I, uh, a, a MacBook, and one of them had a PC. Two, you know, two different computers, two different phones. So I had them search for exactly the same word, same exact. It was a, a I think it was a, a burgers near me or a pizzas near me, whatever their concept was. And so from that same exact search term, we got four completely different results. And one of them, they were number one. And one of them, they weren't even on the map. They were, go to page 10, they're still not there. The other two were kind of in the middle. So the factors that determine that are yes, devices and mapping software use completely different methods. Um, Apple defaults to Apple Maps. Apple Maps, in my opinion, is the most flawed platform in the universe. But a lot of people, especially older folks like me, will, if they have an iPhone and they just go to a search, they think they're on Google but they're on Apple Maps because it looks very similar. So they'll tell the, they'll show up and they'll tell the, the restaurant owners, uh, you know, your, your hours are wrong on Google and they'll get a hold of me and I'm, no, it's not Google, it's Apple Maps. And yes, they're terrible. So uh, the other thing, other factors are if you're logged into your Google account and Google knows that you've Googled your own restaurant a hundred times in the past, it's going to default to that one because Google thinks, okay, I know what you want. I know every time you type in that search term, the one you click on is this one. So I'm going to put yours toward the top. So one of the other myths is uh, restaurants will say, well, I'm already at number one because I Google myself and there I am. Well, yeah, if you're on your own device, logged into your own Google account that knows your history, of course, it's going to put you near, near the top. So log out of all that stuff, go into a different device, go into a, 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 a maybe it's a regular at, uh, at your bar that is totally disconnected to your search history. Have them look it up, see what the results are there. And they'll, you'll see the results are completely different. So just because you don't show up for restaurants near me search doesn't mean you're not going to show up for the next guy or vice versa. So keeping along the idea of search, 
and the importance of correct information. Let's talk about shitty and good reviews. Because if there's one thing that that I always get upset with is I see restaurant owners replying absolutely incorrectly to a review or worse yet, ignoring reviews altogether. That's not my customer and truly not understanding. It's like the love hate relationship. I'll use Yelp as an example. And depends on where you are, whether Yelp's your deal, Google's your deal, TripAdvisor's your deal, meaning the priority, but they're all important because it depends on the consumer, where they're coming from and what they're used to using. But what I often see is that a lot of restaurant owners see a bad review and their first response is, oh, that's not my customer. Like they don't know me. And I want to say that where there's smoke, there's fire. You may think you've got a great restaurant and a great staff, but it only takes the one bad apple, the one that you weren't going to fire because you're short staffed that allows you to tear down your business one customer at a time, which is now thousands because they type in a, you know, the customer had a bad experience. They type in that review. The other part is some people are malicious as shit and they, you have an employee who gets fired and they attack the restaurant and open up false accounts one after another. And, and they, they go after, and as an operator, how the hell do I keep up with that? So it's a really long winded question for what the hell am I supposed to do with reviews? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, uh, I think that the wrong answer is to ignore it, which a lot of these, if you're on any of these Facebook restaurant owner groups that I'm in, Every time someone posts that, I don't say a thing. I just watch for the result, for the, for the replies. Like I got this one star review and a lot of the answers are screw that guy. I don't care. Nobody cares about Yelp and I don't even look at that stuff. That's exactly the wrong attitude to have because whether or not we want Yelp to go away, Yelp's not going anywhere. They're, they're, they're losing a little bit of market share to Google, but online reviews in general are as more uh, uh, more widely regarded by the public as they've ever been. We talked a little about, but a little bit about this in the talk I did. That uh, when I polled the public, the number one biggest uh, draw of bringing new customers into your place was obviously word of mouth. The second one, next to word of mouth, was review sites. So these are not going anywhere, and people really are paying attention to them. And they're extremely important because like, I again, I'll talk about my love, help, hate relationship with Yelp. Yelp, I hate because I see all the bad things that happen to restaurant owners. Although I have some that are stellar operators and have four and a half, five-star reviews and are crushing it on there. But as a traveler, when I get into a town, I don't know. I can go into Waze and go to Google the maps and I look around at the restaurants, but I usually default to Yelp. And what's important about that for people to understand is when somebody's searching on Yelp or a TripAdvisor, they have money in their wallet and they want to spend it right now. It's not three weeks from now, I want to plan a wedding or I want to come in and you know plan a happy hour with some friends and maybe we should get together on the 16th. It's like, I'm in town now and I'm looking for somewhere and I want this now. And so it becomes extremely important that again, that as you're getting those reviews that you're at least in the middle to up. Otherwise I could make a decision going, holy crap, a two-star review. I may not even take the time to read them. And, you know, we need a strategy on to get yourself up there on the reviews because all too often, as we all know, you could have great reviews just absolutely buried. I don't know what they do with their algorithm, but it gets buried. So being consistent on that is extremely important. Am I wrong in that? And if I'm not wrong, what as an operator how do i get more reviews on there to, to help boost it yeah 
uh, review rating and review volume are extremely important. And that, that really, it affects your online presence in so many ways that it's going to take me two hours to explain it, but it is very, very, uh, should be top of mind. So yes, review uh, rating is your star better be a 4.0 or above. Anything in the three, not only is it, it's, I mean, a 3.9 to a 4.0 seems like who cares, but in Yelp, sorry, I have dogs. Uh, it's okay. Them. All good. So in Yelp, your, 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 uh, your, the color of your stars goes from like red to orange to yellow. Hey, it's okay. Sorry. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, so it, the, 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 the color of your entire star rating will start changing and we'll start just looking to where someone's going to scroll right by that. If they see the orange or the yellow, they're like, oh, well, that's obviously a terrible restaurant. I'm not even going to give them a shot. And uh, so if you're 4.0 and above, you're going to, your star rating is going to be red. It's going to look attractive and it's going to be uh, uh, something that someone's going to scroll through your, your reviews. They're going to read some good ones, read some bad ones. And if you've got some bad ones, somebody can tell, okay, this guy's obviously just complaining just to hear himself complain. But the main, the, one of the big things that everybody misses on this aspect is you need to, re, to respond to all your reviews. And response to the reviews is such a huge factor. So I'm that guy that's, the, that's doing a right here, right now search. I'm about to spend my money. I'm scrolling through, through these. Most places, no responses. Or some people will do, will put out fires, like the one stars. Hey, uh, please reach out to me to discuss. That's it. It's like, that's not really a response. That's just doing the most, the least amount of work possible. And uh, so the the uh, the negative ones, obviously you have to put out fires, but when you respond to these, respond knowing you're not really talking to the author of the review as much as you're talking to the restaurants near me guy who's looking at your reviews. So when these when these are responded to, they have to be responded to in a in a caring way. Or if the if the the reviewer is completely full of shit, like a lot of them are, you can respectfully call them out. And it's like the that so respectful at the so disrespectful at the door. I can't believe how I was treated. They they just didn't even let me in for no reason. It's discrimination. It's whatever. And I wasn't even able to go in there because they're such assholes. And a lot of times when I talk to the GMs that were involved in this whole situation, they'll say, "Yeah, this guy was hammered. There's no way we're letting the guy in. It wasn't a screw. He happened to be whatever X race that that they are. He, he was just so drunk that there's no way to let him in. So I'll." type of response like, hey, you know, we, uh, uh, we don't let overly inebriated people in the bar. We invite you back in at a different time and give it a different shot. Now, the public knows with us being respectful, they know, oh, well, there's the real story. The guy was hammered. So there's a way to let the public know this by being respectful, not being confrontational, and basically uh, dispelling all these myths about poor service. Maybe it was, maybe it isn't, maybe it was not. But the, the main thing that people miss with review responses, nobody takes the time to thank their fans. These guys are giving you five-star reviews back-to-back, -back, and most of them are going to be five- and four-star reviews. So the fact that most restaurants don't even say thank you and invite them back in is weird to me. But that's just the norm. That's going back to the, the things that people, the accepted uh, methods of marketing and the accept, you know, accepted things that people do is it, it's never top of mind and people don't think about it because they look and see what everybody else does. Going back to that, they'll say, well, nobody else has responded to their reviews. Why would I? Well, how, don't you want to be the, the obvious choice? How quickly do I need to respond? Like, 
do I do I sit down and reply to these every single moment they come across? I know that we can set up uh, a Google a Google alert that says something popped up. Maybe you've got a better tool that people could use. But do I like have to jump right on it? Can I do it once a week? Do I wait once a month? Like, what's kind of the rule on that? Magic window is within forty eight hours. Okay, so you should by all means do that. But yeah, I get it that that's 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 a lot of work in a lot of people's eyes because they're like, oh man, now I got to find my login. Now I'm not gonna remember my password. Now I gotta do a password reset. If I do that, I'm gonna lock other people out of it and it's just a thing. So they default to, well, I'm just not gonna deal with it or I'll do it all later. But if you do it within 48 hours, that's really the window you're supposed to do it in. And uh, if you've got, a, a lot of times those alerts will hit your emails, like Yelp and Google, even TripAdvisor, it'll hit your email, you got a new review. But if 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 the, that's hitting the owner's email, but the GM is the, is the responsible party, he's never gonna see that or vice versa. Right. So make sure the responsible people are seeing those or we'll get into that later, have a third party do it. But either way, it, it just something that has to be done. So what's the, the what's the the upside to replying within 48 hours? What's the downside if I don't or if I don't at all? So the, the, the thing that you want to convey to these people, again, not really the author, but the public is that, hey, we care and we're we're we we. We take all this stuff in, we, it helps us solve problems, it helps us get more efficient, it helps us improve, and we do appreciate honest feedback, even if it's bad. If it's bad, great, we're, we're identifying a problem. And that's a lot of the times the feedback that I send over to an owner, hey, you guys just got this one star review, they're calling out this server for you know, being on their phone the entire time not paying attention. And they have a no cell phone policy, okay, it's like, wow, we didn't even know that. And they were, they were probably on their phone when the managers weren't looking, and it's a terrible look. And so now they have ammo to go back and I'm not saying just go fire people willy nilly because of a review, but now they have some ammo to use. Maybe they address the entire staff and say, you guys, the phones seriously have got to go. That's that's the number one biggest turnoff when I'm a customer in a in a restaurant. If I see someone on their phone, especially a bartender with a full bar full of people that sends a message of anything virtual is more important than you people sitting around the bar. So. Anyway, something that that uh, it, it just it just can't be ignored, and it's being ignored way too much these days. I think. And does it help or hurt uh, as far as getting those good reviews or up the the ladder and bad reviews down? Do do the sites like when you reply to every review, and or do they treat you differently if you don't? Glad you brought that up. So recently, within the last year or so, Google has actually changed their algorithm to your ranking in Google is going to improve if you respond to Google reviews wasn't the case in the past, but now even Google knows that, okay, this is a very important thing. When people do this, side note, the worst thing you could do is copy paste responses. So responses have to be genuine. They have to be unique. They have to be things you type out on a keyboard and not copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Uh, your, your, and use a response signature, meaning, uh, so sorry to hear that. Uh, please give us another shot. Ask for me on your next visit. And then that your, your response signature should be, the GM or the MOD, whoever it is that's there, that's on boots on the ground person, their name, title, email address. I would even go so far as to say, put, put a cell number on there. People are like, whoa, I'm not putting my cell number on there. No way. I have my cell number all over thousands, probably tens of thousands of reviews, and I very rarely get hit up. Anyway, if that person could get a hold of you without calling the hostess and have her say, oh, he's in a meeting right now, he's busy right now, nothing I can do. Now they're just even more frustrated. 
email address is cool. If they, if you supply the email address, they reach out, take care of it for them and, and solve the problem. It goes a long way. Um, going back to the first part of this question. Yeah. So Google is, is very much going to take notice if you respond, um, anything to improve ranking. I say, by all means, if it's worth taking another two minutes out of your day to get up in that restaurants near me results, of course, that's a no brainer. One of the other main important things is on that note, review volume. So yes, reviews, star rating is great. 4.0 and above, you better be there. Uh, the review volume, they, they take that a lot into account too. So even even your, your Google, even your Yelp and TripAdvisor review volume has to do with your Google ranking. So if you're, if you're a, 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 say you're a, let's go back to barbecue. You're a small mom and top pop barbecue place. If you've been open for three years and you've got 20 reviews, Google knows you're not busy. They know law of averages, you're gonna get more reviews if more people are in the door. So you're very dead. You're, you're, for some reason, people aren't choosing you. So Google is gonna say, if, if people are already choosing you, why would we put you toward the top of the results? Why would we turn more people on you if something you're doing is not right? As opposed to the other way around, you've been open for two years, you've got 2000 reviews, like, man, this place is happening. There's a lot of people that are going there. Google's gonna put you toward the top. Okay, so now I'm gonna switch gears completely because if I'm a restaurant owner or a manager listening to us right now, we're going, oh shit, when do I have time to do all this? This is real work. It's also knowledge I don't have and I could spend the time to do so, but I got to take care of all the, I got to write schedules, place an order. If I'm an owner, I want to work on budgets, marketing, lead the team, develop my team, you know, lead, work strategically on my business. This sounds like a whole shit ton of tasks I've got to now put on my shoulders and I quite honestly, as an entrepreneur, can't be that focused to do the same damn thing every single day just to stay on top of that. This is where you come in. So tell everybody a little bit about what you do in your company. So going from when I was back in the day, like I said, I did all the social media stuff. I did all of the approaches to marketing. I know how to do them all. I didn't really like where they were going. So then I focused on new, just a new customer. It's operations job to get the guy back in. Once they've been in the door, you need operations need to show them a positive experience to make them come back in the door. If they had a shitty experience, no matter how much marketing I do, if they don't like us already, I'm not getting them back in. So when you focus on new customers that haven't heard of you before, then it comes down to what I do. Reputation management, which is basically review response and handling reviews, flagging the ones we can flag, um, doing anything we can to cultivate that customer to, a, to a, uh, asking them for a repeat visit, thanking them, or of course, putting out the fires, getting the pissed off people back in. And the other aspect is, is uh, search engine optimization. So getting you at the top of the search results, handling those 75 different directories, making sure your information is all correct, making sure it matches, making sure it's thorough, making sure that, that uh, it, we're doing everything we can in order to improve your ranking and uh, it's, it's all, it's all uh, measured by reports that I send out. Then the reports are the true measurement of like, not the, oh, I Googled barbecue restaurants near me and I'm page two, what the hell? That again, doesn't matter. What really matters is when I can show a report based on the customer's own Google My Business numbers, their own analytics numbers. You were here, now you're here, now you're here, now you're here. And that's, that's exactly a, an accurate measurement of people seeing them in, in an online search. So those are the and, two and things that, I do. And that translates into increased sales, yes? A hundred percent. 
I mean, it, it can't not, it would not only do, are we measuring the Google impressions, meaning how many people saw you in a Google search before versus after, but how many people hit the get directions button to stop in and spend money? That's the most important metric in marketing. And if most of those 90 something percent of those people who hit that get directions button are either gonna make a visit immediately, the right here, right now guy, or they're gonna make a visit soon. So it's not, people aren't hitting get directions just to, for no reason. So it, it's to make a future visit. And so that metric is one of the, that's the one that I don't think there's a, there's a better one in the, mark, the restaurant marketing business at all. And a lot of people don't even know their numbers. They don't know where that trend is going, but that's one of the, one, that's the major thing that, that uh, my reports will focus on. So if I were to say, hey man, Eric, I need you to help me with this stuff. Kind of, what are the things that you actually help me with? I take on all that stuff and basically create a profile for my clients and I'll take over the entire thing of, I'm gonna create a profile. I'm gonna put all your pictures together. I'm gonna take these pictures and I'm gonna optimize them. Instead of IMG349.jpg, they're gonna be, for lack of a better term, restaurants near me.jpg. These are all, and then for every photo, I get to add descriptions, meta tags, alt tags. These are all the things that Google reads. So Google can't see, but they can read. So when it's a picture of a cocktail, I can tell Google, this is a picture of a cocktail at a high-end barbecue restaurant, Scottsdale, Arizona, blah, blah, blah. And I can tell them exactly what that is, that all that stuff helps tremendously. And so that's, that's taking all that stuff off the plate of someone who not only doesn't have time to do it, but doesn't know that all these keywords that I can put ingest into all this information not only works, but my keywords are all researched. I all do the work up front and figure instead of like just coming up with words off the top of my head, which a lot of people do. Hey, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't show up for um, private. What, what's the word that everybody wants? Uh, private events. Private right. events. Booms. I don't come up for that. Nobody Google's that. That's why because nobody uses that term. I make sure my terms are used and I, there's a lot of traffic for those terms. Then I ingest those into their profiles and make the things that they don't have time. But more importantly, it's so nerdy. They don't, they're not interested. I do the work. I show them the results from their own Google, my business numbers. That's it. What about reviews? You touch those. Am I on my own? How does that work? The re reviews. Um, I, I do, I respond to my clients reviews on, the four uh, Google, Facebook, TripAdvisor, and Yelp respond to every single review, whether it's a five stars with not a, not a single word like in Google, I'll thank them, appreciate you, hope to see you again. And uh, that, that's the most of it. When we get negative ones, obviously I, I reach out to, the, I screenshot it and I send it over a text because email is not that efficient. So, and I don't automate that stuff because a lot of this software, it automates it and it kicks them an email. Of course it goes into spam, they never see it. A month later, they're pissed off. I screenshot it on my, I take a picture of the screen with my phone, which sounds archaic, but it works and it's immediate. I send it out to my, my client. Hey, what happened here? Uh, let me talk to the GM. I'll get back to you. Here's what happened. Cool. I'll write up a response. Are you good with this response? Yes. Bang. That's it. It's the most efficient way to re respond to review that I've ever seen. Most of the time within 24 hours, we've talked about it. They know the problem. They know the people I have responded. The customer hopefully will get in touch with them and make it right. And what's incredible is, you know, if you know every all your competitors and people are doing something similar, charging $1,500 a month and you're not, 
and you're delivering so much more. I'm, you don't have to divulge right now. People need to contact you to find out, but it's kind of crazy that you don't charge enough for the results you've been giving my members. And I think that's a testament to where your core values are and uh, again, the service that you provide. Now, I want to learn more about if this. You want me to get into prices, I can. I, that's up to you. Sure thing. You want to bring it out? Bring it. Yep. Yep. So uh, three forty nine a month is what I charge for the search engine optimization aspect. An additional one forty nine a month is what I charge for review responses. So five hundred bucks ish, four ninety nine, whatever. Um, that's what I charge per month for everything I do. It's all done through myself. My wife and me are the only people in the company. I don't pass it off to my minions. I don't have a team. I don't go to India. I don't have any of that stuff. It's me personally doing it. Your contact will be me. My cell phone number will be the guy you call. All of our work is done by us. Never monthly, uh, monthly contracts, always month to month. I never tie anybody into a contract because I don't have to. If I show them the results, the, you know, the measured results with their own numbers, why would I need a contract? So that, that's the way I operate. I do give you guys a, I believe, don't quote me on this, I think I give you your clients 50 bucks a month off of that number. So I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Well, then if you're if people calling, you better say you found them through me. Uh, with right. that said, that's incredible. I mean, that's it's a third of what your competitors are charging, and it's about 100 times over the level of service. Because again, you're saying here, here's what the posts look like. Here's what we're going to put out there. Um, we're going to make sure your, your data is up to date all the time. And within 48 hours, we're personally responding. And oh, by the way, we're going to show you and give you control of your account and go, do you agree with this response or do you not? Because all too often, these services just put shit out there and then they read it. The owner reads it a week, two weeks later and go, holy shit, I would have never said that. And it creates a whole different set of, you know, bruising of your core values. And that's not how I want to run my company and so on. Gives you the control while somebody else is doing the work, which is more than cost effective. Now there's still more info because I, I, I want to, I want people to know you've got some books that are available that if they wanted to learn about this, because whether they hire you or not, sometimes you want to learn and understand the process. Talk a little bit about your books and where they can find them. My books are called Restaurant and Bar Marketing Series. I know it's a very, uh, here's here's one of them. It's a, a let me see, anyway. Got this you. Is, this, is the, this is the third book in the, uh, in the series because I gave away all my number one and number two at Vegas, but, uh, they're available on Amazon. They're, they're named something very generic on purpose because people find them because it's a search term, much like how I have the customers find my clients. But anyway, uh, type in Eric Schellenberger into Amazon or restaurant marketing, bar marketing, you'll find me. Um, my books are basically full of the, you're getting an insider view into what works and what doesn't work. A lot of my books are calling out restaurant marketing people. They're calling out different companies who do sort of what I do, but the results are dismal. And it's, it's, it's basically teaching somebody who doesn't know any better. No, if, if somebody pitches you with this, here's what it really means. If they're telling you this is the results, here's what that really means. If they're talking about hundreds of thousands of impressions, if they just use the word impressions from social media, then that could be an influencer. And the influencer could get eyeballs from all across the country, which sounds as great, but how many of those people are gonna potentially walk in the door and spend money? 0.1% if that. So it's it's basically educating people on the stuff that I already know on both sides of it, what works and what doesn't. Marketing tools, the the uh, the book number two and three focus mainly on uh, places that I've gone, 
and I love their approach. Here's something I went and I saw a restaurant do this. Here's how they did it. Here's what they did. And stories of successes, stories of failures. Do me a favor. If somebody wants to contact you, learn more, even just, hey, sign me up for your service, how would they do that? Barmarketingbasics.com is my website. Um, if they, oh, here's what I want to mention. There's a tab called Scan Your Business on the website. It's right toward the top. Uh, go into that tab and do a scan of your own business. That'll give you an audit of kind of how your business looks online, how Google sees you, and it, it, it takes some explanation. So if you scan your business, by all means, let's have a conversation after that and I'll explain what it means. Because a lot of it, it's like a, it's a big, all those directories, the 75 directories I was talking about. Right. Say, yes, you're here, there, you're not on this one, you have errors on this one, and these three you're on, you're not on, and it looks like, oh, well, this doesn't really tell me much. It, when it's explained, it means a lot. So let's have a conversation. If you if we don't end up doing business, cool. I'll exp I'll give you the tools you need to do it yourself. If you want to do business, awesome. But those scans are always free, and I'll be happy to take as much time as it takes to kind of uh, diagnose what that scan means. And I, and I saw it live, you know, with 20 restaurant operators sitting around a table who threw it up on a screen, took one of our members and said, hey, let's look at it. And it is amazing. Like you go do that free scan again, give people your website again and the tab because this scan, you're you're an idiot if you don't take them up on this offer, even if you don't sign up that you can see that, oh my gosh, there's a shit ton broken out there. Again, your website and the tab. Yep. Barmarketingbasics.com. And the tab is scan your business. So Fantastic. that is, I mean, I agree. It's it's something that it's it's very eye-opening for people who have no idea that stuff even existed. I really appreciate you taking the time to share this information with my listeners. And, and I know that everybody listening, this is something you've got to tackle. And it's usually not in our bandwidth to say, this is what I'm an expert on. And for, for the price and the service and the results that I happen to know you're getting my members, I know that it is, you are somebody, somebody should reach out to. With that said, is there any parting thought, quote, book, any kind of recommendation that we didn't talk about you'd like to, to share with people before we close? Oh, good question. Um, I think that uh, the the I guess the parting thing would be think of your own business how other can how you think as a consumer. So if you're if you think about your habits as a consumer when you're in new territory when you're on vacation, what do you do? What what sort of uh, habits do you have? What platforms do you look at on your phone? What do you do? That's probably what everybody else does. And it, a lot of the times when people are pitched, owners are pitched some service, they'll say, well, well, I just go to Google or I just go to Yelp, but that's just me. That's, they're trying to steer me in this other direction. Well, you're right. Whatever you do is probably what everybody else does. So trust your instincts and trust the, uh, trust your thoughts as a consumer is probably correct. Awesome. Eric, I appreciate you very much. And I hope everybody gives you a call and you're, you're, you're getting flooded with uh, those free evals of looking at their restaurant and people going, hey, what does this mean? Thank you again, my friend. Thank you so much. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I want to give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. 
please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass.